This is the time when we need to write and make art for the sake of healing our souls and enriching our communities. Welcome to Artemis Speaks. So just slow down in because you can't Welcome to our podcast today, wherever you may be. We're so glad you could join us. Today I'm going to be interviewing a dynamic couple who have influenced the world of ceramics for over half a century. Donna Pacino and Richard Hensley met in graduate school and moved to Floyd, Virginia's isolated rural mountain community back then. I have known Donna and Rick for many years, and a disclaimer, I have collected their art. I love their art. And Donna is our current cover artist for Artemis Journal. 2021. Building their kiln back in the day in an old barn, they began their career attracting friends and colleagues settling in the community. This congregation of potters established a local studio art tour, which is still thriving today, known as 16 Hands. Currently, they have a show, an exhibit at the Holland University Eleanor Wilson Museum. This show is a testimony to the power of a pair, and when in sync, can produce a compelling collection of works and a beautiful marriage on top of that. Side by side, Donna Pacino and Rick Hensley have fostered a conversation as we advance about the continuum of the artistic medium of clay, stretching over a half a century. It's amazing to see their work, and we're going to be talking about this show. So welcome, Donna and Richard. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Yeah. Power of Zoom. Here we are. We're so happy you could join us, uh, Skip Brown, here in our Final Track studios. So let's get right at it. Uh, I have some questions for you. So let's go back to how you started your journey, how you ended up in Floyd. Oh, in Floyd. Okay. Well, we got married in the middle of graduate school. We actually met in undergraduate school and then both went to the same graduate school. Which was? We met at Kansas City Art Institute and then we went to graduate school at the Rhode Island School of Design. And we just decided that we wanted to move to a rural place that we could afford to live and start, you know, start a studio and make whatever. (laughs) And uh, we, we just came and we came upon Floyd serendipitously really driving around these mountains thinking this was, you know, a, a nice area, even though we were living in New England. But my father had a friend who had a friend who had land in Floyd. And so we ended up here because of that to see it. And of all the places we traveled, we thought the people were the friendliest here. 
um, besides we thought it was beautiful, but of all the places we traveled, the people in Floyd, the local farmers and people from this county were the friendliest to us as northern hippie artist types of anywhere we, we traveled. And Rick, you were on board with all this? <laughs> oh, it was his Whoa. idea. <laughs> yeah. it, when I was in college, I used to, you know, there used to be these national real estate companies, United Country or something like that. And they would send you free catalogs and there would be some little, some little place, oh, I don't know, in the mountains or even in Arkansas or somewhere. And, and always it would say, it's abandoned. You know, and it would be like six thousand dollars. I said we could do that, <laughs> and uh, you never found the real abandoned one for six thousand dollars. But but you know, we did uh, we did come through here just like she said, and and the contact that we had uh, later rented us a little four room house, like almost abandoned, and and uh, it was really he rented it for fifty dollars or fifty five dollars, and we just started as soon as we arrived. We had a little kiln built uh, within a week, and uh, we had rock clay from uh, Rhode Island. We had a wheel. We had this. We had that. I mean, all of a sudden, there we were working. So. You didn't waste how, any time. Now, how were you both uh, uh, into ceramics when you went to graduate school? Is this something you both knew you oh, wanted yeah. to do? Oh, oh yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah, we studied that in, in college. That's, That's where we got our Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in ceramics at, at, the, uh, at the Art Institute in Kansas City. Sure, that was it for us. That was it. And well, do you, do you come say, from an artistic family, Rick? Or is, oh, why were oh, you going mm, in that direction? I don't know, rebellion or something. <laughs> I don't know. But it turned out I was pretty good at it. You know, I mean, I just thought, I just thought, I, I liked it. I liked the people in ceramics, really. I mean, I just didn't want a, 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 a job in, a, in an office somewhere. You know, I was... I had a more entrepreneurial uh, bent to me. I wanted to be my own boss. And, um, you know, and I, I liked uh, ceramists. I liked potters. I liked uh, the, the kids that walk around with mud on their jeans. Right. <laughs> so. And Donna, you come from an artistic family, right? Your father was an artist. Yes. He was a painter and he supported a family as a painter and illustrator. So I went to art. Well, knowing I wanted, you know, that art was, you know, Rick transferred from a university to the art school. And, but I was, I always knew that, but I didn't know ceramics. I just, you know, ended up at a slideshow of ceramics when I was a freshman and thought, oh my God, I love this. I hadn't even touched That's clay. It. I didn't even know it was money. <laughs> <laughs> you liked everything about it. Wow. So through the years, and you've remained in Floyd, uh, you've mentored, you've had interns, you've had uh, friends and colleagues move to the community. What made you decide to share your knowledge like that? Rick? Well, or I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we, there were times when we did feel a little isolated and, and, uh, and, you know, but people would come to visit us and we would sort of talk it up a little bit. I mean, Sylvie Granatelli and her husband at the time, Bruce Colson, you know, we had known Sylvie at co in college in Kansas city and, and, uh, she had been teaching here and there and, and, uh, she, she finally moved here. She thought well, this is a good place. They've stumbled on something really great here. But as far as, 
and that was really nice too. It was really great to have uh, have kind of comrades, you know, with, that we had shared experiences and shared interests with. Uh, we didn't know really there were some artists and writers, people like that in Floyd, but honestly, we didn't know them. You know, we we did feel kind of isolated for a pretty long time, but you know, we were happy in our work, and and uh, so we kept at it. But back to the question of of deciding to mentor really i i don't know how it all developed exactly but i know sylvie had an apprentice and that kind of for uh, several apprentices and usually for a two-year kind of term and that sort of gave us the idea and then we had the suggestion given to us uh, from uh david crane in uh, in uh, blacksburg where he taught at virginia tech ceramics and and uh, he had a person, you know, that that would be good, and uh, that's how it started. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, Sylvie was the one who had, had done this for a while, and all of a sudden, it seemed where we were at in our work and our space and everything. Some things, you know, it's a long story, but some things had fluctuated and changed and I had a sculpture studio space, and I had decided that I could move it into my other space and that there would be a space, you know, you know, just like a lot of things, a confluence of things. Yeah. So that yeah. was back in 2001 is when we started having apprentices for approximately two years at a time. And we did that until maybe three or four years ago. Uh-huh. And you, uh, quite a few of the apprentices uh, have stayed in Floyd. I mean, you've put Floyd on the map with with your ceramics and you know the different people that come and go and anybody in this area will will attest to the power of your influence and uh, probably collect a lot of your work but um, well, well you're very kind but of course it extends all the way to back to sylvie and ellen right now and, yeah. so, and so there we so a group of us around our age you know that all you know we start group 16 hands together but then like you say several sylvie's apprentices ended up staying here some of ours you know um and it was just, in some, you know, one of Ellen's, she started apprentices just more recently, but one of hers stayed for a long time. And so the community in the next generation definitely grew because of all of us. Well, we've all benefited. Well, so for those that don't know your work, I would like each of you just to explain what your motivation is, what influences you, and how would you describe your work? We'll start with Rick. Me? Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm a, I, you know, I, I would say it to, to, to the extent that that anyone knows about a potter in in the, in the rural Virginia, I would be known for my porcelain work. I make high temperature, high fire. We we would call we would call twenty three hundred fifty degrees high fire. You know that that's that's a porcelain. Uh, temperature that that uh, oh all the way back to Chinese, Korean, Japanese uh, times in the in the 1100 AD area that that people started being able to have the ability to and the refractories bricks and shelves and things like that to be able to fire hot enough to get porcelain to melt essentially and and as you know porcelain is often translucent so it becomes very glass like at the at those high temperatures 
And I have always just been fascinated by it. I mean, that's, uh, that's me, you know. I mean, I, I, I like other kinds of ceramics and other material, other terracotta, which is we would call a, a low temperature uh, kind of clay. I mean, I, I've done a lot of work in that, but really what I'm probably known for is my porcelain work and my approach to it is really very decorative. I like uh, drawing leaves and uh, flowers and, and things like that. And I also, this is weird, but the, I like seeing my put my glazes on top of the patterns and images that I have and and trying to get it to melt a little bit. I, I had a conversation with somebody about this re recently, you know, at, at, a, at a workshop about gravity. So, so the notion of the colors, the transparency, uh, the luminosity of, of uh, porcelain and, and the glazes on it, you know, is very attractive to me attractive to me, but I'd like to see it move a little bit. It's just, I don't like it static. I'm not a big fan of decals and transfers, things like that. I want actually to see the glazes flow a little bit. To me, that's just juicy. I love that. So. <laughs> juicy. I love that word. That's a good way to describe you. I like that. All right. So Donna, how, how would you describe your influence and, and what your work's about? Um, well, my pottery work has evolved quite a bit and changed over the years. So, um, but what I, the work that is in the show now is the work, you know, similar from something I've evolved more in the last, you know, later part of my life. And it's, it's become obvious that it's really about painting so much and the influence of my father as I developed. And I also am very interested in the way that it's not painting. Like I, I use glazes, you know, to make a painting and yet they could not be painted. Like some people use under glazes and, and certain uh, predictable materials to try and imitate painting on ceramics. And some people do it incredibly beautifully. I try and I, what I do is like a very complicated process of resist and dipping and wax lines to create something that is painterly, but it's done more like batik and conceptually. And so it's kind of complicated, but I like, but I want it to look like a painting. It's, it's painterly qualities are very important in the end to me. And they have to melt just a certain way to have that quality that's more about ceramics than painting. And that's one thing have in common, even though our work is very different. Yeah, and 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 I don't I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Please. I was just going to say <laughs> that, that another sense of commonality between us, although Donna's work, as you know, is far afield of just making useful ceramics, but it's it's it has that it has that together with mine that in that that it is mostly tableware. It's for service of food and and uh, enjoyment yours you is know much more yours of, is ultimately much yeah, more and, and that uh, way. you know friends and dinner and things like that so uh, but but both of us make tableware as uh, you know a person could take could could have this piece of one of ours and and uh, bring uh, the salad to the table or or serve the vegetables or I don't know. Just look at it. Well, it's, I will say we use more, much more of Rick's pottery. You know, like I love it when I see my pottery used. It is, you know, it has that element also. But I have come to recognize as I've moved on 
that it, it, it is really more a decorative thing. That's I go into people's homes. It's almost always on a mantle, on a wall, on a table. It's displayed and and it has that in common with my sculpture so I, I balance I'm somewhere in between there I try and make forms that are really interesting and, and unusual you know and a lot of them are influenced by my base shapes or influenced by my figure of sculpture so you know it's it's interesting and my sculpture is always been something that I I found out you know 30 years ago or 40 years ago that I couldn't express everything that I needed to express with pottery and so making sculpture is essential to things that I want to talk about in, a, in a, you know, the humanity, spiritual, emotional, you know, narrative, all these things that, you know, are all balanced around, you know, um, centered around a figure expressing these various things. Well, your, your work often takes on a very feminine form, and I've often thought that your expression in a spiritual context works within the feminine form and we love your your feminine sculptures and it's on the cover of Artemis and then you use birds quite often I noticed that in your show so why don't we move into the show that's currently up at Holland University it's called Duo D-U-O, I love that. And, you know, it's a real testimony to the power of a pair. You know, when a couple is really in sync, and you, I've noticed this in my life, you know, that it, they can be so productive in such a great way. And your show is a testimony to so many years working in your studios, not side by side, you have studios adjoining each other in a beautiful mountaintop setting. And it's interesting to see the combination of both of your works up. I was really uh, taken by the beauty and, and just the just the juxtaposition of both of your pieces and seeing some similarities with some glazes, some colors, you know, even though each of your works are so different. So let's talk about this show. The show is up until December 12th. And if anyone is in the region, it is well worth your time to go see this amazing show. You may not see Don and Rick together like this again. Who knows? But this is a great opportunity. And, and I know I'm going on and on about it, but I was very excited about the show. So talk to me about how you feel about the show, Richard. What do you think? Were you happy <laughs> to see it up like that? I was the first crack. Uh, <laughs> but she just smacked a minute ago. She said I was going on too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's really good. You know, a hat's off. <laughs> no, no, I thought he was getting really emotional. I was afraid he's a really emotional, which is oh. one of the things I love about him. But I thought, oh my God, he's going to go off. We cried. Okay. Let him go off. We'll enjoy it. We want him to go I mean, off. <laughs> Anyway, the, 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 the premise of the show, I think, was, was uh, obviously kind of our, la our last, uh, our last uh, exhibit at, at Holland's, you know, that, that because, and they often do this for retiring, they always uh, do it for retiring uh, faculty, professor. you know, our art faculty. Because so, you had been teaching there since, what, 2004? Uh, we taught there for 15 years, yeah. So, so, Together, uh, it, 
Right. Yeah, together in the ceramic, we sort of, in a way, certainly the first full-time ceramic studio ever at Hollins, they had had uh, other ceramic classes, but not, not in a, a real, real singular way like that, that we started. Uh, because they got a new building and they had a place for it. And so that's how that's how that came to be. But but the sort of exit exhibit really was was I guess conceptually thought of by Janine Culligan, the 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 uh director of the museum, and she, you know, she proposed this or that, how we might want to do it, where the room might be, what we would bring. Like this is not a uh, retrospective. I mean, the sort of the point of this show was that we would show our work as it's as it's going along, you know, rather than drawing from our personal collection or people like you and Jonathan that have nice collection of work. This was just going to be the ongoing thing, say for two years, and and uh, and that's what we did. We just sort of started saving work that we thought would would illustrate our current interests, and so. Gosh, if you had if you had mounted a, a show like this three or four years ago, I, it just wouldn't have looked like this. I mean, really, our work has evolved quite a lot, you know, in the past, say, four or five years. So to be able to, you know, pick out the pieces we really like and not overload, keep the space okay, not not make it look like a yard sale, you know, it's just, <laughs> just, you know, I mean, hats off to Janet Carty too, is uh, sort of the uh, exhibit director and designer, you know, and, and uh, display and yeah, just really the lighting is just so great there. So anyway, that's how it started. And, and I'm pretty happy with it really. Just, just like what I said to, 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 to think about it, that, you know, five years ago, this would it would have been a different show. Uh -huh. you know? So I'd be happy with it. I, I mean, I it's kind of too bad that uh, it's the COVID times, you know, and people yes. at Holland are really, really serious about about uh, mask wearing and right. and um, watching out, making everything safe. And so, you know, it's kind of limited the amount of exposure it might have got but you know for us personally we did the work and we we're really happy with it you know they made yes. a fabulous uh, fabulous catalog it's yes. nice yes so donna how do you feel about the show i feel great about the show it just looks beautiful and they the people at the museum there are are wonderful you know they're my friends all of them and i've worked with them for a long time you know, because of the women working with Clay, the symposium that I've, you know, directed, you know, for 10 or more years now. And um, now I'm the, the assistant director. I've passed it on, but I've worked with them and they've just been always amazing and really um, stepping up and displaying the work from this thing that's very important to me. But they really do a beautiful job. And I do think it's interesting to walk in and see our work together. You know, we've mm -hmm. certainly had shots together in, in our time. And, um, but not a million of them. We have very separate careers in, in many parts of it. And um, I think it's amazing how it, how it works, you know, how it's different and yet the similarities and with the sculpture and the pottery, I always feel a little funny about showing them both because they are quite visually quite different. But they, you know, it when works. it works, it works. I, it works. And I, feel, I, feel, I feel really good about it. And a lot of it is a tribute to how they 
presented it. It was a nice presentation. And there yeah, are a lot of... Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say that, that the... the um, Again, the way it was presented, I mean, it just seemed like the, you know, they put a lot of each of our work together, and I, I think that's the, that's one of the things we do as potters, uh, ceramists. You know, we make a lot of stuff, and and so you make a, uh, let's say me, you know, I make I make fifteen kind of little plates or something like that with, let's call it an idea. You know, I make this, but they're never they're never the same. I mean, but they're just. That's what came out that day, and I worked through it that way. And that's the way they showed it, too, as well. Like, the, there were some pieces that were obviously from a series, and they put those things together. I think that that is very effective presentation, you know, for a person who doesn't know much about ceramics to, to see that, like, oh, I get this. I see what's up here. See the evolution of the work, and you had some some beautiful new glazes that I hadn't seen, the light greenish turquoise, gorgeous. And Donna, there were there were a couple of pieces. I mean, I know your work. I you know I love your work, and I've collected it. But there were some new pieces of women helping women. Was that the title? Yes. Of two yeah, pieces, and I thought how succinct that is with our relationship because of. Artemis Journal, and we have you on our cover, and, you know, we've worked, you know, we've collaborated and partnered on different things, so those were very interesting pieces. That particular piece is was really important to me, you know, it was something that has happened in my life that's just symbolic of, is that for a year I worked on this symposium and talking to women, we did a virtual symposium with 50 women artists probably, you know, involved. And we were talking to them all this time about how COVID had been, how their lives of artists at this stage of their lives and so many things. And I was just so moved. I kept thinking more and more about how women have this particular ability to really support each other. And of course, that's what we do here with our podcast and through our journal. We began with women supporting each other. And now, of course, we're open to all genders. I uh, am just thrilled to have you here today. I've been speaking with Donna Pocino and Richard Hensley, um, both ceramicists, and uh, making an important mark in the art of our community and beyond. Uh, their websites, if you're interested in going to see more about their work, it's Donna Pocino, P-O-L-S-E-N-O dot com, and Hensley Pottery dot com and those those two sites are really great in showing you their work so uh thank you so much to uh our audience who have joined us we uh, have our podcast here twice a month at final track studios with my co-producer skip brown thank you again for joining us and i'm gonna leave you with a quote from edgar degas Art is not what you see, but what you make others see. And that's our work here at Artemis Speaks. Thank you for joining us.
You've been listening to Artemis Speaks. Artemis is a charitable organization now 43 years old and has evolved to be all-inclusive, a journal with essays, poetry, and art. 10% of the journal's sales are donated to a woman's shelter in Southwest Virginia. If you're interested in learning more, artemisjournal.org. You can mail us directly P.O. Box 505, Floyd, Virginia, 24091. The closing music and the opening music you're listening to is Jordan Harmon. And the song is Just Slow Down, a very appropriate comment for the times that we're in. If you want to read, you have to slow down. Artemis Speaks, the podcast, is recorded twice monthly at Final Track Studios in Roanoke, Virginia. All rights reserved and is co-produced by Jerry Rogers and Skip Brown. Just slow down.